We are looking at life hacks, the things that God has given us to make life easier. Um, it, it is little things that sometimes we don't think uh, are big deal, but yet they make a big difference in our life. Um, we talked about, uh, first of all, and all of these come through the book of Proverbs, um, the first thing we talked about is it all starts from the fear of God, that when we develop an understanding of who God is, and that begins to grow into a deep, passionate love, because a true fear of God really is rooted in a passion, in an awe, in an, in an absolute um, uh, uh, respect and and love for who God is. And out of that fear of God, um, uh, life begins to change because when we live out of a fear of God where he is our passion, where he is a glorious um, uh, 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 awe within us, it changes uh, how we do things and what we do. And and so it comes from there. And then we talked about from there, we looked at uh, the fact that what we say is important. Uh, you might not think that it's a big deal what we say, and yet our, our words make a big difference of life or death. Um, it, it's not just things that just uh, are random, but, but how we talk to one another really determines uh, uh, life and death, not only for others, but for ourselves. And, and, and so it seems like a little thing, but if we begin to control our speech, it can make life easier. It can make life better. It, you, you would be surprised in little things that we just start saying different things, how, how different life becomes. Um, the relationships that it takes on uh, in how we live, even how we begin to think. Uh, we've said it, the more we talk a certain way, our, it actually changes our, our brain chemistry. And, and we've looked at that in the past. Um, and, and so that's important. And, and we've looked at how we work uh, how we live our life, the effort that we put towards everything, not just our job, but our families, our home, uh, even uh, just our, our neighborhoods. Uh, it, it, we talked about working, not hard, but working holy, that we begin to see that work is, is uh, something that sets us apart. It, it is something that, that when we begin to work in a way that honors God, when we begin to give it our best, uh, in everything we do, you, you know, even little things like, you know, cleaning our house, uh, uh, fixing our, our lawn. We might not think of that. And yet those little things are building blocks to a character of who we are. That when we begin to practice uh, these things, it carries over into other areas of our life. And, and so we talked about that work ethic is so important uh, in our life. And so that brings us... Um, uh, to what we're going to talk about today. Uh, before we do, I, I want to just uh, share a couple of um, uh, things that uh, I, we see all the time as we are driving around. Uh, you'll see different people's uh, 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 bumper stickers. Uh, they have nice little uh, sayings. Uh, some of them uh, can be pretty rude and, and, and uh, crazy. You're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they actually have that on their car. Um, but, uh, but some of them are funny. Um, uh, one of them I, I saw, and you can go online and see different ones. Uh, I love this one. It was really a good one. Uh, it says, 
as you get up close to the back of the car and you see their bumper sticker, uh, it just asks this question. It says, are you following Jesus as close as you're following me? <laughs> That's a good one. That would be a really a, a good one. Um, uh, that would be a good question. <laughs> Do we follow Jesus as close as we follow them? Um, another one uh, said, I just want to apologize uh, for uh, being so close in front of you. <laughs> you know? Uh, uh, there was another one that it was a little sticker, and it actually wasn't on the bumper, but it was kind of up on top of the hood uh, where the window meets it, so you couldn't even really see it. And so it says, if you're reading this, you're probably pulling me over. Um, uh, but then there was this one that, that, that I love, and it kind of brings us uh, to what we were talking about today. Uh, it, says, uh, uh, it says, I am currently having an out-of-money experience. Let me know that most of us don't have out-of-body experiences, but we a lot of times have out-of-money experience. Um, and, and that's what we want to talk about because a major part of life, I, I know we don't talk about it a lot, and, and sometimes as, as preachers we don't like to talk about it because people think that's all we care about, and, and, and yet two things that the Bible talks about more than any other subject, there are two things that it mentions more than anything else. And they are probably the two things that we probably don't preach about uh, enough, and they're probably the least things that we talk about, or at least here. Um, and the first thing is hell. First of all, the Bible talks about hell. Hell is not just a side issue. It is an important thing. More than any other thing, it talks about hell. Jesus talked about hell more than anything else. And, and yet many times, you know, it makes us feel uncomfortable. We don't talk about it. Um, and yet that's, what, and the other thing is money. The Bible talks about money, uh, uh, those two things more than anything else in the Bible. And why? Because those are probably the two most important things. One, it's, it's, it's something that we want to avoid more than anything uh, in life, and, and yet it is a crucial issue, uh, and we need to think about our eternal destination. But the second thing is money, because money has such a big influence on us um, in our life. It causes problems. Most marital problems are, are usually uh, because of money. Um, uh, most life issue things are because of money. Money just um, is something that affects. And it has nothing to do with whether you're rich or whether you're poor. Because the amount of money does not matter. It's just the fact of money itself. And it doesn't even have to be money. Believe me, back in the day when there was no money, it was, it was wealth. But it's anything that, that we use, that, that uh, uh, we judge ourselves uh, to have or have not. Uh, uh, back in the day, it might have been how many sheep do you have or, or how many goats do you have, uh, and now it's money. But either way, it's that, it is that worldly wealth. And when I say wealth, it doesn't mean you have to be wealthy because even a poor person has wealth. If it's 10 cents, that's your wealth. Um, it, whatever it is, whatever the amount of it is, um, it controls us. We either want more of it um, or uh, we complain because we don't have enough of it. Uh, so either end, uh, it becomes something that is on our minds. And reasonably so because it does affect uh, the needs that we have and, and uh, living life uh, demands it. Um, uh, and so we understand that, and God understands that. He does not put it down. Uh, God is not 
uh, does not ever preach against money, but what we're talking about today is how do we approach money? That's the key, is what place does it have in our life and, and beginning to use it in a wise way. So all these life hacks that we're talking about, it's about being wise, being wise with our money. Um, uh, nothing wrong with money itself. Even Jesus said it, it is not uh, money that is the root of all evil, but it is the love of money that is the root of all evil. So many times we twist that and we think that, oh, you know, rich people are just the enemy. In our world today, you know, uh, you're, you're going to see that. You, you would think, I mean, people are running for president on that that, that, that we need to take it away from all the rich people and give it to the poor. And, and like, that's going to solve everything. And yet money is not going to solve anything. If everyone had the exact same money, uh, amount of money, we would have the same problems. Because money is not the problem. It's our heart issue. We need to understand that. And so we're going to talk about um, dealing with that heart issue. Um, our scripture through all of this we, we've looked at is in Ephesians, uh, which leads us to Proverbs, but it says, look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. So God tells us in every part of life, and these are practical things, that they don't all seem super spiritual, but yet these practical areas of our life, they affect our spiritual, and they are spiritual because everything that God created is that is has to do with our relationship with him and uh, that spiritual connection we have with him and it goes on and says it says make the best use of time because the days are evil so we need the wisdom in all these different areas because we live in a day and age that um, leads us astray uh, it is evil times and evil is not necessarily you know the 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 terrible criminals out there evil is simply moving away from what god says uh, there are good people that in god's eyes the, are evil because evil we are all evil we all desire our own ways evil is the fact that i will decide what's right and wrong i will go my own path so we look in the book of proverbs and that wisdom uh we see found in this one book that, that is the biggest place. It's not the only place throughout the Bible, uh, but it is meant uh, to be just a, a, a foundation of wisdom. So let's start in Proverbs chapter 14. And this is what it says in verse 24. It says, The crown of the wise is their wealth. But the folly of fools brings folly. So we see that God says, the crown of the wise is your wealth. So in other words, if we are going to be wise, our crown is our wealth. Now you might say, but I'm not wealthy. So what I, and like I said before, it is not how much you have, but it is what you have. So in other words, what you have God has given you for that to be your crown. What does a crown represent? A crown represents a couple things. First of all, the crown represents authority. Um, it, it represents your ability uh, to uh, uh, do what, what you need to do. Um, and, and so God has given you, we need to understand that, that, that if we are wise, we understand that what I have been given, whatever wealth it is, 
Um, that wealth um, uh, may be two pennies. It, it, it may be um, uh, uh, a car. It could be anything that we own. It, can be, it may be the wealth of my abilities. But those things that I have, they are what enable me to do what God wants me to do. And we need to understand that God has given us what we have to do what God wants us to do. Um, and so we need to understand that. Many times say, we, we say this, but I can't do anything. I, God has given us all resources. Um, it, it, it is not a lot. Um, it, it is what we do with it. It is understanding our crown. Um, the widow that put in the two little mites, Jesus said she is blessed among all others uh, because she understood, she gave out of her, even out of her poverty, but yet that was her ability to do something for God. She realized that I have the ability to do something for God even if it's this much. And, and so when we're wise, we realize that we do have an ability, we do have authority to do what God has called us to do. Um, but another thing that a crown represents is not just authority, but benevolence. Remember, the whole purpose that people wanted a king was that the king would be able to protect them, that the king would be able to bless them and lead them and guide them. And, and, and so we need to understand that our wealth, if we're wise, it is not for us. You have been given what you've been given, first of all, to be able to do what God has called you to do, but also that you might be the person that can bless someone else. And if you're wise, your wealth is a crown. It is a crown of benevolence that, that whatever you have, you can do something to change someone else's life. Um, and yet many times, and we're going to see this, that we see our wealth not as a crown uh, of, of authority or benevolence, but we see it as a crown of power and, and uh, selfishness. And of course, those types of kings and queens were always overthrown, were hated. Um, that is not uh, what it is meant because when we do think that way, it says that that is the folly of fools and it brings more folly. If we use our wealth in foolish ways, in selfish ways, then we are fools. Uh, we are not able to accomplish what God has wanted us to accomplish. We're not able to touch other people the way God has uh, uh, desired for us to touch other people. And so we want to be wise with our wealth. So Proverbs tells us to be wise with our wealth. And in so doing, we, we have a crown um, we have the ability uh, to do great things and to be a difference maker in other people's life. This is what uh, Jesus uh, explained it as in Luke chapter 16. He said this, verse 10. He said, one who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, and by unrighteous, he means the worldly wealth, the things of this world that are not dedicated to God, money, things, uh, and everything that we have, then who will entrust you the true riches? 
Who's gonna, if you are not faithful in these things that, that, that fade away, um, then who is going to give you things that will last forever that are true riches? Uh, things like contentment, things like um, uh, satisfaction, things that, that go way beyond money. And he goes on, he says, if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? You see, he's telling us everything we have now is not our own. All the money you have, you didn't earn that at that job. God gave it to you because God gave you the ability to even do any work that you do. Um, We need to understand everything that we have is God's. We are simply being stewards of what God has given us. And so Jesus says that if you can't be faithful with what God has given you, why should he ever give you something of your own? Why should he ever welcome us into the new kingdom where he says, now you sit on, your, on the throne with me and I have given this to you as your own. And he gives us true riches. So therefore, we need to be faithful in the little things that God has given us. And so that's, that's what it means to be wise. So how can we be faithful? Um, first thing, we need to understand that what Jesus is saying is you need to be sent, not spent. Okay? I think we live our life, how can we spend it? How, what can I buy for myself? Uh, and yet God says, I have given you life to be sent. You are to live in this life to make a difference in others to do my work. We are to be people that are ambassadors of Christ, reflections of God, sent by God. We need to understand that everything we have is meant to send us, to resource what we do for God, not to be spent for ourselves. And yet, how many times do we see what we have as something, ooh, look, now I can spend this, or now I can get this. We need to start to change our thinking, and we need to begin to be people that are sent not people that are spent. And I think many times we are frustrated and and deal with the heartaches of it because that's all we do is spend. Uh, All we do is see everything as a way to get something for ourselves. And so we live our life spent. And I think that's exactly what we are. We're spent. You get home after working and you're just spent, right? Everything we do, we're just tired. We're stressed out because we're spent. We're we're we are missing the purpose of everything that we do instead of understanding that I am sent. I am blessed by God that, that even what little I have is a glory to what God has done for me. And, and so when we live our life sent rather than spent, we find faithfulness and we find the honor of God in our life. So we're gonna look at what does it look like to be sent and not spent. What does it look like? How can we use this, this treasure that God has given us called money? And, and, and we are specifically going to look at money. And this is uh, today's message is, is kind of not one of those inspirational that you go out saying, oh, God just really blessed me today. Um, maybe God hopefully will, will do something. But, but today is, is, it's a very practical thing that God cares about our long-term direction in life and how we handle this thing called money because it's a dangerous thing. It's like a gun. You better learn how to use it. 
money, we need to learn how to use it. And so today's just going to be some very practical stuff. You may not go out of here saying that there was just some great light of inspiration, but hopefully you go out of here with a very practical plan of, uh, and choice of, of changing how we use uh, what God has given us. First thing that we see in the scripture, and we see these things through Proverbs, is we need to live according to our earnings, not according to our yearnings. Yet I think we, we do this. Live according to our earnings, not our yearnings. You know what? We do not uh, define our life usually based on our earnings. We define our life based on what we yearn for. So it is because of what I want. Okay, this is what I want, so therefore I have to do this and this and this. God says, that's not, you're doing it backwards. We need to say, this is what I got, so therefore this is what I can get. So we need to define our boundaries, not on what I want, but what I have. And be content with what I have. This is what God has given me, so therefore I am going to live within this boundary. I'm not going to push this boundary because I might want something else. Um, my yearnings do not dictate how I live my life. But my earnings dictate what I then begin to yearn for. And this is the problem. Because when we yearn for our own things, um, it begins to eat away at the foundation of what we have. Um, and, and that is the problem. Because the desires of the heart do not follow uh, the wisdom of God. Remember, the wisdom of God starts with the fear of God. When I begin to want what God wants, not what I want, then I find a strong financial foundation. Um, uh, when I begin to live by my earnings, my earnings, what God has given me, and that's kind of deceiving when we say earnings because we think we earned it. But when we call them earnings, but it's really what God has given you. It's the blessings of God. So we could almost say that live according to your blessings rather than what you want. Because the problem is we want, as soon as you get what you want, you want something better. I mean, we are an upgrade generation. I love this, but now I'm waiting for the next upgrade. It's always the next upgrade. You're never going to get to the end. And yet God says you need to get off of this, this, this will that you're just on and begin to just say, God, what have you blessed me with? Now let me use that to be who you want me to be. Um, and when we begin to live according to our earnings, what God has blessed us with, then we find contentment and we find blessing and we find honor that God gives us. Um, here's what it says in Proverbs 28. Whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits will have plenty of poverty. You know what? When you are just happy and content with what God has given you, and as you work, um, you give it your best, and what comes in, uh, you dedicate that to God and, and, and find contentment in that. It says there is wealth, there is plenty. 
But when you have pursuits, when you're always pursuing something, oh, if I just had that, if I could just have this new thing, or, or man, what they have, I want what they have, or I need this, I'm telling you, pursuits will lead us to poverty. And then poverty does not mean you won't have any money. When it talks about poverty, it's not just having no money. It, is, it will leave you to poverty of soul. You become a, a, a person who has a lack of character. When we seek pleasures, you know what you do? Your character diminishes. It, it, it's kind of like the more we seek comfort and, and pleasure and thrills, the muscles just begin to atrophy. But when we diligently discipline ourselves and work hard and find contentment, it's like building our muscles where we find that we are strong to face whatever comes our way because we have been built upon the contentment of what God has given us. And, and so we need to begin to be people that don't pursue all these yearnings that come to our heart. Because I'm telling you, your heart will find something to yearn after. And we need to ask ourselves, first of all, God, has you, have you given me the ability uh, to have that? Or am I pursuing something that is outside of what you have blessed me with? When we always want more than what God has blessed us with. Now, there is nothing wrong with enjoying good things in life. And God, for many of us, has given us uh, that blessing to be able to, to do that. And that's within the blessing that God has given us. Then there is nothing wrong with enjoying what God has blessed us. So we are not um, uh, discouraging because if there, are, there are those that have worked hard and they have earned that. And God has given them the ability to earn that. And we're going to see later that's not just for them to consume. The whole point of that was for them to bless others. But, but there is nothing wrong uh, with enjoying what God has blessed you with. It's when we just constantly pursue other things. It's when we're always yearning for something more. We're never content with God himself uh, that we begin to find poverty, poverty of spirit, poverty of character, poverty of integrity um, uh, because we are constantly pursuing those things. Proverbs chapter 21 uh, says, precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. In other words, it's saying we need to begin to understand that we need to live according to our blessings and within a, an understanding of preparation. That, that what God has given, we are to uh, uh, understand that we need that to prepare for what life is going to come our way. Um, and a wise person will always have a store uh, uh, set aside, will always have something there when they need it because they understand that you never know what's going to happen in, your, in life. And so for, therefore, they don't just consume it. But a foolish man, what it says is constantly devours whatever he has. If all we do is consume, oh, God, you've blessed me, oh, blah, 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 and it's gone. I have nothing to show for it. It's like a farmer who, if all they do is consume all their, their, their harvest, they have no seed to plant the next harvest. Um, we cannot live in a consumer idea. And, and I think that's our problem. We live in a life that we think everything is to be consumed. 
We need to understand that we need to begin to look forward. Some things God has blessed us not to consume, but to prepare, to, to save and, and to be uh, wise uh, in that understanding that I'm going to need oil for tomorrow. I'm going to need um, this uh, 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 treasure for when that storm hits and repairs need to be made. And, and so there is not just a constant consumption attitude, but there is a wisdom uh, that God gives us to look forward. And, and so we are to be wise uh, in that. We live according to our earnings, not our yearnings. We don't just yearn um, and, and just meet the desires of our heart. Proverbs 13, 11 says this, Wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. Not only do we live in a consumer idea that, that everything is to be consumed, we also want it quick. We want everything fast and now, and our desire is just to get more. When we just live by these desires and yearnings, if I just had this much, he says, things that come hastily, you know what, you might experience a, a great uh, uh, increase. But when that's your mindset, you will always want more and it will be spent quickly. It'll, things that come quick, go quick because you haven't changed your heart. Whereas if we have a heart that little by little, whatever God gives me, I, I begin to treasure it. I begin to, uh, uh, you see, things that come quickly, we don't value it seems like things that come easy and fast do not have the same respect. Whereas when I value what God has given me, I treasure that. Uh, the little by little is what wins the race. Uh, we know the story, the, the turtle and the hare. We need to stop always wanting to get the next thing, but begin to be satisfied little by little. We've talked about working hard and, and beginning to value what we have. When we value the treasure that God's given us, we don't just spend it on the next quick thing and it is gone. So live according to your earnings, not your yearnings. We live within our means. Uh, do you know that it is shown that in America, uh, the average person uh, in a year spends $1.26 for every dollar they make. We all, on average, we're living 26% above what we're making. Well, you understand that, can't, that cannot work. You cannot spend more than what you make, and yet we all do it. Um, and, and that uh, is a problem, because if we live our journey, well, I just want it, and I need it now, and I'll take care of it later, right? That's what we, we say. And that brings us to the second Thing. Not only do we need to live according to our earnings, but we need to learn to pay now and play later. See, opposed to that, we want to play now and pay later. I don't know what we have on that. But we need to learn, the Bible teaches us that, that there is value in paying now and then you can play later. Um, 
too many times we say, but I'll be able to, play, uh, to, to pay it off. And I've got the, 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 the credit limit and I can do this and, and I'll pay it off and I will. But you see, there's a problem uh, of we do not control our future. That is, that is a lack of trust in God and a trust in ourself um, that is not wise. And yet we all do it. Um, we need to begin to understand that God will bless us and that when God blesses us, that provides for what God desires for us to experience. And if God has not blessed us for us to go ahead and put it on the card or to go out and, and, and um, uh, put it in credit, what we are saying is, God, you haven't given it to me now, but, but I want it, and so therefore it must be good. Instead of saying, God has blessed me, I'm able to get this, so therefore God has uh, made it a, uh, uh, given me the ability to have it. And, and so therefore it falls within God's uh, uh, plan for our life when we have been blessed. But if we begin to say, I will uh, get it now, um, who's to say that is God's will uh, for our life? And so therefore we are living outside of the direction of God. Um, Proverbs 22 and of course, we've seen this, uh, and you hear it all the time. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is the slave of the lender. This is a principle throughout the word of God. God has never meant us to be in debt. When we just say, I'm just going to go in debt to do what I want to do, what it's saying is God says you are putting yourself under someone else. You become a slave to that lender. You're a slave to that credit card. You may not think so until everything goes and then that bill comes in. You're a slave. Because here's why. Listen to it. You know, many of us, we want to bless people. Man, I want to give to my church. I want to give to benevolence. I want to, but you know why you can't do it? And I hear it all the time. Oh, I can't pay that much tithe, a whole tithe and, and, and missions on top of that. Well, I, I don't make enough money. No, you make enough money, but you have chosen to live above what you make. I know that's hard. It has nothing to do with what you have because we have now become slaves to a lifestyle which has made us not able to do what God has called us to do. You see, if we will follow the principles of God and begin to live after God, we are going to be able to do uh, what God has called us to do to the secondary part of our lifestyle. Um, we have, though, in this day and age, raised our lifestyle above what we are able to do for God. And God is always meant to be above our lifestyle. Um, and, and so when we are going into debt or when we are spending, even if we don't go in debt, we are, we are allocating more of our money to these things. Well, I've got to pay my house bill. Well, m maybe you're living in too big of a house. I've got to pay my, my car. I, all these things that we have to do, you don't have to do. You've chosen to do that because you have chosen a level of quality of life. And you're saying, well, God doesn't want me to have a quality of life. God will honor your quality of life, but he wants you to, to be the reflection of him first. And that might be at a lower quality of life. You are going to be blessed with greater treasure. See, here's again, we, we are defining our happiness based on the worldly treasure rather than what God said was the true treasures. 
True treasures are not defined by how big of a house we have or how many trips we can take or how many cars we have. True treasure is the ability to have the presence of God, to know the contentment of God, to be able to touch those around you, to live in compassion and in love. And, and so we have become slave to the lender. We have, put in our, we have chosen to put ourselves in that place. Proverbs 22 says this. It says, be not one of those who give pledges, who put up security for debts. Don't be people that are, that are going into debt, that are putting up, okay, I'm going to put my house up so I can get more money to do this. It says, don't do that. Pay off your house, and then you have money to do that later. So we need to begin to learn. It's not that God doesn't want you to enjoy those things, but he's saying, pay now, work hard, build it up, pay now, and you will be able to experience those things later. And then it becomes something that gives much greater satisfaction. Because the things, here, here's a principle. If we don't pay now and play later, we are playing now and paying later. So there's a now and there's a later. Now here's the thing uh, that always happens. The later is always greater than the now. So whichever one you choose to do later you are going to get a much bigger experience of. The now is always going to be less because whatever you experience now is going to be fleeting. So here's the thing. If we choose to pay now, yes, it seems hard and I'm working hard, I'm not, but I'm telling you, that is fleeting. Your, your hardships uh, your trials, your work will be done before you know it if you will do that. And then your later of, of experiencing all the blessings of God will be greater. But if we choose to play now, I hope you enjoy it because I'm telling you it will be fleeting. Your current pleasure, your current experience of this life, I just want all of life, is going to be gone in an instant. But the later that you have to pay now, you will be paying in a much deeper way that you will regret. So if the later is much greater than the now, then let's choose the treasure later and the work now rather than the treasure now and, oh, I'll pay it off later. Because you will be paying. You will always pay more than what you planned on paying. It says, Proverbs 13, says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. When we just do everything for ourselves, it says sooner or later, you know what? You're going to lose all that you have, and other people are going to have it. But a wise person lays off an inheritance to others. So we need to learn to pay now and play later. We need to see money as not something to get stuff now, but to be wise and stay within our limit. The third thing, final thing, is this. We need to tell your money where to go instead of asking 
where it went. Right? Okay? I think uh, uh, we all do that. More than all, more than anything else, are we not usually saying, where did all my money go? Well, if you don't want to sit here and be the person that says, where did it all go? Then you need to right now begin to tell it where to go. Because if we begin to tell our money where to go, we won't have to worry about wondering where it went. Um, and, and this is where we begin to put God first. When we begin to say, I'm going to put God first, I'm going to, to first of all understand that I am sent by God, I am blessed by God, so this is his first. He honors that. And you will not wonder where your money went because God will bless someone who is faithful. Um, it is also someone that has a plan. God expects us to begin to uh, have a plan for our money, to know where it's going, and we call that a budget. A budget is not an unspiritual thing. In fact, it's very spiritual to, to know, hey, I only have this much money, so I'm going to be wise with it. Okay, I can't be going out and eating at restaurants four times a week if I only make this much money, and then I don't have enough money to do what I need to do, which is to bless others, uh, to, to use it in the way God wants me to use it. And so we need to begin to choose how we're spending our money and stay within that budget. Um, this is what Proverbs says, Proverbs 27. Know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds for riches do not last forever and does a crown endure to all generations? It says you need to know the condition of your money. Many of us, we just put it in the checking and we spend it. But do we really know the condition of our money? Do you know how much money you have? Do you know where your money is going? Do you really realize? Some people, they wonder, they don't have, they barely make it at the end, then they're just grubbing, but they don't realize, well, where are you spending it? Well, I don't know. I just know that I don't have enough at the end. Well, you need to stop and look at where am I spending this that, that I don't have enough? You need to, to begin to stop and do a, an analysis of why do I not have enough money? Um, uh, it says, know the condition of, of your flocks, of your herds, of your wealth. And then um, uh, you will uh, begin to have the ability to endure. And again, we looked at this last week, but it works today. It says, go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Without having any officer or ruler over her, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. We need to be like the ant. The ant, even, who doesn't even have anyone telling them what to do, knows that it needs to prepare and it needs to save and it needs to use it wisely. That it does not even just consume it, but it knows what it's doing. We need to begin to have a plan. Um, and it's not something, well, I'm just not smart with money. You don't have to be smart to have a plan. Uh, you don't have to be a math wizard to know that I made $50 this week. I can't spend 60 on gas and food. I have to plan. It, it's a simple thing of just simply planning and knowing where your money is going. Final verse I want to look at. Matthew 6.33 tells us this. If you will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, 
all these things will be added unto you. The ultimate principle with our money, uh, yes, we need to live by our earnings, not by our yearnings. Uh, We need to learn to save now and then use the money you save to buy. Don't go into debt. And yes, uh, we need to uh, have a budget and decide where our money's going. But more than anything, we are doing all of that not so that I will have money. Not so that I won't lose everything. We are doing it for the kingdom of God. If you will put the kingdom of God first, if you will seek first the kingdom of God, even with your money, that my money was given to me to be a blessing, to be a crown, so that I can do what God has called me to do. You see, I've been blessed. My wealth is to do what God has called me to do and to be a blessing to others. It is not meant to how I can improve my life. When we begin to seek the kingdom of God, look at this promise. Everything else will be added unto you. See, that's the problem. Many times we just don't trust God. Well, if I give it to the church or if I give, you know, God has promised he will bless you. He will, and I'm not saying he will just tit for tat, but you can trust him. He'll take care of you. Um, When we seek first the kingdom of God, all these other things will be added unto us. He'll take care of what we wear. He'll take care of where we live. He'll take care of what we eat. That's what he's saying. And of course, we go back to that parable that Jesus talked about of the faithful servant. When, When the master came back and he asked the servant, what did you do with what I gave you? We know that there was two that were faithful. They didn't go out and spend it. They didn't go out and waste it. But they used it. And we know that his response in Matthew 25 was, the master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter the joy of your master. You see, if we will learn to use our money in the right way, there is nothing but a promise of God inviting us into the joy of eternity. So our money is a very spiritual thing. We might think of it not as spiritual, but yet if we are faithful in worldly treasure, if we are faithful in how we spend our money and use our money, we will have eternal treasure that will outpace anything that you could have got. All your yearnings that you wish you had money to do right now, God is going to bless you with that if you will begin to put everything you have under his control and be wise and live within your means and begin to to stay within a budget and begin to think of where your money is going, to to stop even uh, throwing it after things that you are pursuing that have no eternal blessing. You see, God is looking for people that will be faithful even in the worldly treasure so that he can bless us with true riches. And so if we will learn this life hack, I'm telling you, it makes life better. It makes life easier um, because it is better, and, and Proverbs tells us, it is better to live with less and be content with God than to have everything the world has to offer and have the poverty of spirit outside of God's plan. 
Let's bow our heads.